It's the Oscar nomination roundup with Sasha Stone of Awards Daily. This is Pop Culture Confidential. everyone and welcome to this special edition of Pop Culture Confidential. We have literally just listened to the presentation of the Oscar nominations from the Academy and wanted to check in with an expert over there to get her first reactions. So we're happy to be joined by founder and editor of Awards Daily and friend of Pop Culture Confidential, Sasha Stone. Sasha, welcome back and thank you for being with us on this early morning over there. Oh, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So first reactions. Um, I think that a lot of people will be talking about how Martin McDonough was left off the director list for Three Billboards, which many people believed would be a front runner. But I have to say, what a panel of directors. I was like, you know, Jordan Peele and Greta Gerwig. I got, I was really happy <laughs> that. Yeah, right. I'm sure that people will be really happy about that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, uh, I sort of, expected that you know I, I thought they would get in I don't think that the academy really wanted to deal with what might happen if if either of them was left off the list you know right, right. Um, and they they both you know they both have taken the season by storm and they're sort of competing against each other uh, in a lot of ways and a lot of awards scenarios um, which they'll do again for original screenplay uh, at the Oscars and at the WGA they're just always in competition so, uh, but neither has won a major award yet, um, except for Lady Bird, which won the Golden Globe for comedy. What does that mean with McDonough being out of that category then? It means that it's knocked down from front runner to long shot. And uh, I had a feeling that Paul Thomas Anderson might make it in. I sort of suspected that he would. I just didn't know which director to drop of the list, mm -hmm. you know. But I thought there was a chance because everybody loves Phantom Thread so much. Even though it came in at the last minute, it really did sort of take the season by storm, and um, it didn't show up a lot of places, but it's a movie people passionately love, and when people passionately love a movie, it could show up here, and it did. Right. Well, I'm so happy about that, because I wasn't, from my perspective, I love it, and I, I didn't see it coming up in any of the preview, the, the guilds that have been there, so I was, I was happy about all the love all of a sudden here at the nominations. Yeah, so that was a good thing. And um, the, the nominations were, you know, sort of surprising in some ways. Jane getting left off the documentary list was, was very surprising, you know. But I think they did a good job sort of spreading the wealth among the movies that people really love. Now, the fact that James Franco is left out, do you think that's because of the controversy surrounding him? Or would he not have been nominated for Disaster Artist? It's really hard to say, but I think that the controversy kind of came after, more or less after the ballots were turned in. So I would imagine that they would have nominated Denzel Washington anyway, mm -hmm. the more respected actor. And he's playing a much more difficult, challenging role than James Franco. And if I had thought it through at all, I would have, done, I would have predicted him, but I didn't. I stuck with Franco and I got that wrong. Um, who else was left out that surprised you? Jessica Chastain and Best All Actress. Right. I kind of I knew that the post was going to be muted, and it is. I think it only has two nominations, but um, but I thought in the end that they would 
Meryl Streep's on her 21st Oscar nomination, and I thought maybe they would give Jessica Chastain a shot. She deserves it, you know. But she was left off, so that is a little disappointing to me. I was hoping for Mudbound and, and Best Picture when it started to show up here. So the first time the Academy has ever nominated a Mudbound in any kind of in Netflix in any kind of major category, and so I thought, oh great, that means it's going to show up in Best Picture, but then it didn't. So and and what else? Um, the uh, that for for me, like I have to sort of you know take some time and look at them and write about them. Um, I guess Call Me By Your Name probably didn't do as well as people expected. It didn't get Army Hammer in there, and Christopher Plummer got in instead. And um, Baby Driver getting three nominations is really good. Mm-hmm. You know that mm-hmm. I don't think people even thought it would get one nomination. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think happened to Call Me By Your Name? There was so much love for that. I know. Well, it's just a really good example, and a, and a lot of these nominations actually are a good example of. You know, the people like me, we don't necessarily make the race. You know, critics don't make the race. I know that they think they do, but they really don't. And there was a kind of a, kind of a, a hard pressure situation with Call Me By Your Name online. You weren't really allowed to discuss it in terms of, you know, its weaknesses or, you know. But they were there, clearly, because they... <laughs> I mean, it showed up here in a couple of places, but it, I guess it didn't show up as strongly as people thought it might, you know, like director and army hammer and right. um, people were expecting that. I think it's still going to win uh, a screenplay Oscar. Oh, you do. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It'll win an adapted for James Ivory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's interesting. The best picture race just got a lot more complicated and, was one thing to remember, and that is that in the past, we've seen, we've heard the Oscar nominations before we saw the, I'm sorry, my dog is bugging me right now. I don't know if you can. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice. He's it. also engaged in the yeah. Academy Awards. <laughs> I know. Um, is that, you know, we've heard the Oscar nominations before we see, you know, before people decide who's going to be the Screen Actor, you know, the Screen Actors Guild winners or the Producers Guild winners. Mm -hmm. But this time, because of the date change, we didn't get the Oscar nominations until after those two things happened. So, you know, that has mixed things up a lot, I think, for voters, because Three Billboards did really, really well at the SAG. Well, would it have done as well if they knew that he was left off the director list? I don't know. Right, right. Maybe it have, maybe it wouldn't have. Maybe something else would have won. And isn't it like because of uh, the uh, the um, Olympics, isn't it like a really long time now for the Oscar awards themselves until f- March 4th is a long time to like stir up a lot of controversy. Um, exactly. <laughs> you wanna, and we have, as usual, you know, the most powerful publicists in the business on certain movies and they're going to be fighting hard for that movie. And so it's probably going to get kind of ugly there for Best Picture, the fight for Best Picture. I have no idea what's going to win. I think it's going to be one of those things like Moonlight where a big surprise sort of happens at the end, you know. Mm-hmm. And right now I would bet on either Get Out or Lady Bird winning. Um, I would love to see Shape of Water win and break the SAG stat. I would love to see that. I mean, Braveheart did it. It's the only one that ever did. Because that, that is what you're referring to is that um, Shape of Water was not nominated in the ensemble category and that's usually one of those wins, right? Yeah, and people keep saying sooner or later that this is going to break, but, you know, people, the highest, you know, the most high-profile pundits like Ann Thompson and Pete Hammond and Steve Pond, 
and Chris Tapley, you know, they always go for it anyway. Like they predicted La La Land, they predicted The Revenant, they predicted Gravity. And none of those movies won, and none of them had SAG, stat, uh, SAG Ensemble nominations. So you can understand why they didn't, but it didn't matter because some other movie that did have the SAG Ensemble won Best Picture. Right. But this year is more difficult. This year, yeah, because now we have, we're back down to two, Get Out and Lady Bird. It seems like the very beginning of the season has been Get Out, Lady Bird, Get so, Out, Lady so Bird. So of all the nine nominated Best Pictures that we just got today, those are the only two with that statistic. Yeah, the Big Sick, Mudbound, and Three Billboards are the other three nominees there. Mm-hmm. So Three Billboards, depending on how things go, you know, could be a shock winner. It's happened before, but it's really rare. Argo, um, it happened with Argo, of course, but that's not going to happen because Argo, you know, was winning everything and kept winning. So that's not the situation. We don't have any movie right now that's been winning everything. The closest we have is Shape of Water, right? Um, which is doing really well. But, it, you know, it didn't win the Globe. Three Billboards did. It didn't win. Um, I mean, it's going to win the PG. It won the PGA. It's going to win the DGA. It's probably going to sweep the BAFTAs. I'll bet you that it does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to do really, really well there. And, and it's going to be the same situation as The Revenant and any of these other big movies that head into the Oscar race, but then just win Best Director and some other smaller movie wins Best Picture. Right, right. That's the way it always goes. But I don't know. I mean, I think you have to leave room for this could be a film that breaks that pattern. It could be. Right. right. I don't know if will be the the one thing that I think helps Shape of Water is that I do think Lady Bird and Get Out are competing against each other. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. the push for Lady Bird is the push for a film by a woman to win. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not the best of the year. Nobody. I mean, I, I don't think anybody would say it's the best of all the films nominated. There's no way anybody would make that argument with a straight face. But the fact that it's directed by a woman makes it a big deal and makes it means that people are going to push it to the top of their ballot because they want to see that history made. Get Out is in a similar situation. It's a movie written and directed by by one single uh, black artist. That's never happened. The only movies that have won Best Picture were co-written. That's 12 Years a Slave and Moonlight. This is a single writer. Um, so... And it has a very hard-hitting message about racism. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people who want to send that message in the year of Trump versus people who want to send the message of women where they have to pick a movie that isn't political at all. It's a coming-of-age movie about a teenager. But it's a it might be a coming-of-age movie, but it's still very powerful in the fact that it's written and directed by a single woman. Mm -hmm. So... That's why I see them as competing against each other, and that's why I don't think they've been winning. I think that Shape of Water won the PGA because of that. I think that Three Billboards won the SAG because of that. And and if one or the other wasn't in the race, it would be a lot easier. Right, right. So I'm sorry about my dog. That's okay. <laughs> what happened they to the-, the morning? Is they get to go out, and so they're bugging me. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna round up here here pretty soon. I understand you guys have been up since five this morning with the nominations. Poor things want to go out. But um, what happened to the Florida project? Very little nominations. That was like earlier in the year. It felt like every that was the movie to. It did. I, I know it did. I mean, there's always a tiny part of your brain that thinks certain things that you shut yourself down. Like I always thought darkest hour had a really good shot at getting a nomination. I thought that since Telluride, but 
people, different pundits told me, no way, it's not good enough. The critics kind of panned it a little bit. But I knew deep down that it was going to be the thing the Academy responded to. I just knew it. And ditto with Florida Projects and The Big Sick. I had a feeling the Academy was not going to pick The Big Sick for Best Picture. But so many people kept saying it would. And so I got caught up in that, even though I kind of felt deep down that they weren't going to go for it, that it was too light for them, that it was too much of a sort of a romantic comedy kind of thing, and they don't really go for that. They like serious movies, you know. But I love that they got nominated in screenwriting. Yeah, right. I know, that's great. But I, The Florida Project was one of those movies where I kind of sort of felt like, mm, you know, I don't know if they're going to go for that. It's so naturalized, you know. It's, it feels like you're watching a documentary almost. And, you know, they like things that are like real actors, right? So there's no real, other than Willem Dafoe, there's no real actors in the Florida Project. So I think that that hurts it in terms of the Academy, not with critics, but the Academy is driven, you know, mostly by actors. And uh, so the movie really has to appeal to actors. But I think they made some, there's some categories which is incredible um, choices, like supporting actress, for example, that they chose Mary J. Blige. I, 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 that was great. And Leslie Manville, which I was sort of thinking no one was talking about her from Phantom Thread. To me, she just did the performance of a lifetime in that one. And Octavia Spencer. I know. I think it's great that she got in. And I, I did see a couple of people here and there toying with the idea of her getting in, you know. Um, but I never saw anybody really think it. Certainly none of us pundits really thought that there was enough time to. Because we base our predictions on what where movies show up, you know, mm -hmm. like what nominations they get prior. And it's pretty good. It can take you through mostly 75% of the nominations for the most part. And instinct has to carry you through the rest, you know. Right. So people are better at it than others. I did think that there was a really good chance that Paul Thomas Anderson would get in. I did not think that Phantom Thread would get in. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the, the way that the nominations for Best Picture work is that Passion rewards the nominations, but it doesn't reward the winner. Right. It rewards the nominations because it needs a certain number of number one votes to get in. It needs about 250 to 300 people saying, this movie is the best film of the year. Right. And they only have five, right? So if they had 10, you'd see movies show up like Wonder Woman. You know, you might see Coco in Best Picture. Um, you might have seen the Florida Project or Mudbound if they had ten slots, but they don't. They only but have. No, but they do. They have nine. Was isn't it nine, or am I misunderstanding? They, they have. They pick nine, but each voter only gets five ah, choices. Okay. Only, just so you know, there's only two years where they had ten choices, and that was 2009 and 2010. Okay, so they're back. Yeah, if you go back and look, you'll see that in those years they had lots of women by lots of movies by women. Lots of um, they had actual animated. So, but we don't see that anymore because they, they shrunk it down to five because the members were complaining that they couldn't find 10. They could only find five. So they've kept it that way, which I don't know why they do. It's a silly game, but um, it's really, it's absurd and it hurts them. They could do a lot better if they opened up and they broadened their scope. So that movies like Wonder Woman, which deserves to be in there, could be in there, you know? Another thing about this actress and supporting role category is that these five women, Mary J. Blige, Alison Janney, Leslie Manville, Laurie Metcalf, Octavia Spencer, I mean, they're, they've actresses that have been around a long time. You don't have that long, young little ingenue that I, I remember seeing in that. I mean, these are, it's a cool bunch of women over 40. 
Yeah. Isn't and it? I, I, you know, I, I'd be worried about Leslie Manville actually winning in that category over Allison Jenny. Although I think Allison Jenny's got it. I think that people were also surprised that there was no I, Tanya in Best Picture. Right. And that was another one I got sort of pressured into predicting, even though I didn't think it was going to go. People kept saying, yes, it's going to go. Of course it's going to go. Didn't. So that tells you that they, you know, that they liked Phantom Thread more. So that means they're going to win. It's going to get something. And it might be Leslie Manville that wins that instead of Allison Janney. Were you surprised to see Daniel Kaluuya in there? No, I figured he'd get in because he had already gotten a SAG and a Golden Globe. So he was he was pretty well set for a nomination. Um, Denzel was a little bit of a surprise, but, um, but Denzel is Denzel, right? <laughs> Denzel. <laughs> and you can never count him out. He's so, he's got so many friends in the Academy on top of that, you know, mm-hmm. people have his back. And so they love him. You know, he's really popular in the Academy. He's usually popular, um, at, um, SAG, but I think that, you know, it's just a really competitive year. And so. It didn't really work out. I mean, people will probably think that it was the sexual harassment that knocked out um, James Franco, but it's entirely possible that it wasn't. But you'll never be able to prove it one way or the other. So, Well, finally, any of the technical awards that surprised you or that, that uh, you didn't see coming? Nothing that would would interest your listeners. Just little stupid wonky stuff that like we would know in our... In our uh, in our predictions game, like for instance, Guardians of the Galaxy getting in for uh, visual effects when, you know, we thought maybe Shape of Water would break that category. If Shape of Water had gotten in there, it would have had 14 nominations, but it didn't get in there. Um, so, and Kong Skull Island, which is just a terrible movie, um, got nominated in visual effects. So those kind of things stand out as surprises to me, things I didn't see coming. But most of them, most of the way things turned out um, is not entirely unpredictable. It's a little mm-hmm. surprising that, that Phantom Thread did as well as it did. But, uh, but it is my, one of my favorite films of the year. Top, oh, top number too. one. But cinematography, Sweden has a bit of a horse in the racer with Hoyte von Hoytema from Dunkirk. He's worked a lot here in Sweden. But there's also an incredible... Um, uh, Rachel Morrison makes history as the first female cinematographer to be nominated, right? Right. Yeah. So that's good. Everybody's going to be very excited about that. I, and I think that's a really good thing for the Academy to have opened up and, you know, gotten over the whole Netflix stigma to nominate her. Right. Uh, I think that this is going to be Roger Deakins year finally for Blade Runner. And I only reason I say that, is that it's nominated in so many other places. And he's also a legend who's been nominated, you told me once, I don't know how many times, and hasn't gotten it yet. So, I mean, it, it's his, yeah. that, that'd be a good thing, too. <laughs> and but like amazing 19, movie. Or 19, something like that. Like an insane number of nominations for him. And um, But I could be wrong about that. You might want to check that number. Um, I can't remember it offhand, but... Yeah, it's going to be, well, and then, you know, the Dunkirk thing is is also a tough one. Dunkirk has a lot of nominations. You know, it's missing acting and writing, but it's got a lot of tech nominations. It's going to go head-to-head with um, Shape of Water for a lot of those nominations. It's probably going to be a lot like Mad Max Fury Road up against the Rep. You know, be like that, where they, they compete for a lot of the tech awards. Do you think either one has the edge? 
I don't know. I mean, I'm just, we're just going to have to wait it out, you know, because sentiments change, you know, buzz changes and publicists are always driving that buzz. They're like lobbyists, you know, they manipulate how people think. And so you have to, you can't predict based on nominations anymore. You have to predict based on what people are saying, what they're feeling around town, you know? And a lot of people make the mistake and think that passion and love will, will win a best picture. It, it does in some cases, but not with the preferential ballot, which takes an average of the voters. You know, it doesn't take the number one. It takes some people's number two, two some people's right. number four or five, you know. It just matters what movie gets ranked higher on people's ballots. And so that's a hard thing to know. But I think Dunkirk's going to do really well. I think The Shape of Water will do really well. Beyond that, I have no idea how this thing's going to pan out. <laughs> well, all in all, um, you can sort of feel the changes in the Academy, all the new members. I mean, all in all, it's a really good year for Academy Award-nominated movies, I have to say. There's a lot of good ones in there compared oh, to some yeah. years where you're like, don't even remember who was nominated and who won. <laughs> I mean, these are sort of history-making diverse movies of like small ones and big ones, and, and, and it's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting in that way. There's not a bad one in the bunch, you know. These are all really exciting films. And an exciting time to be covering the Oscars. Yeah, well, thank you, Sasha. You do it so well. And thank you for taking this time. What did there, six in the morning? And, and you're taking your dogs out for a nice walk now until you start have to work again. <laughs> I absolutely right. Um, you have a good day. And thanks for thinking of me. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you again. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much to Sasha Stone. And the Oscars will be handed out on March 4th. So I'm sure we'll have more to talk about between now and then. And thank you for listening. This show was edited by Tom Hansen, theme music by Carl Boy, produced by Rene Vikander and myself. I'm Christina Jörling Biro. Thank you. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.